The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Vivian Sieber is a Holocaust speaker and author of Kino and Kinder, a family's journey in the shadow of the Holocaust, tracing her lineage as the daughter and granddaughter of survivors through experiences in Vienna, kinder transport, internment and refuge. And Vivian is on the line with us here. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. So what was the inspiration behind your book, Kino and Kinder? Well, I'd always known that my father and grandmother were refugees from Vienna. I had always known that they had a cinema in Vienna um, and had to leave in a hurry in 1938. And that grandmother arrived in England penniless and got a job as an assistant matron in a hostel for girls saved on kinder transport. And the girls used to write to her throughout her life, or some of them did, and visit. So we'd hear their letters and about their visits. They, They were almost like part of the extended family. But then when my my dad died in 2000. I inherited a file where he'd done a survey of the girls. He'd got their contact details, which I have got, asking them what they did with the rest of their lives, you know, about family, qualifications. And what they, they'd done is they'd written really movingly about what it was like to leave their parents as young children and adjust to their life in a hostel as opposed to family life. Um, and, you know, lots of things about their lives. So I contacted some of them and they've been really generous and let me go and see them and talk to me about it others I've talked to by email because they're spread across the world so I had that my dad also left a box of amazing photographs, the historical ones, and he'd sort of filed them. So there were big envelopes that said Herman, Peter's dad, or Paula, Peter's mum, or the one that said Peter family. Where And then I realised there were a lot of family I didn't even know about. And then there was a little old attaché case that was my grandmother's. And it had correspondence, but mostly between my dad and my grandmother, but other stray letters, mostly in English, which was good. And Peter types because his writing was awful. So I had all that. And then my husband and I went to Vienna on holiday. And I cheekily emailed the occupants of grandmother's flat. We always knew where grandmother's flat was and that it was really posh. Um, and we had one invitation to tea and or coffee. And it turned out that our kind hosts who gave us coffee and homemade strudel were actually living in the flat my grandmother had lived in. And then they'd been to the archive. They were a bit intrigued by this cheeky message. And then so they had all these papers about what happened 
happened, the cinema and things. And they really kindly told us where to go and who to ask for. So the rest of that holiday was running around the metro, going to archives, um, who were fantastically generous and sent me bushels of papers. But that sort of started it all off. The cinema seems to be a significant part of your family history. So how did the confiscation of that cinema impact on their lives and did it kind of symbolise the broader challenges that they were going through? In some ways, yes. I mean, the, the, the cinema is really strange because my grandmother's parents, my great-grandparents, were drapers in Brunner. And in 1915, she persuaded them that they needed to buy a cinema in Vienna. And she and her sister went off to run the cinema. Now, grandmother was a public face because she liked dressing up and was very beautiful. Her older sister seems to have done the sensible stuff like the ticket sales and coal. Yeah. Um, and the the papers from the archives show how incredibly quickly after the Anschluss, the Anschluss was where Germany was not allowed to annex Austria. But in 1930, March 1938, she simply marched across the border and into Vienna. And the papers, the papers show that incredibly quickly after that, the cinema had been valued, and it's valued successively. Each valuation is less than the one before. And then there's lots of correspondence from people saying, I'm a really good Nazi. Give me the cinema. Oh, I did all these things for the Nazis and I went to jail uh, for the Nazis. Um, give me the cinema. And one man actually says, but my son has got this qualification and I'll pay you to give me the cinema, to give him the cinema. So you, we, the cinema got given to two nice Nazis. And then grandmother and, and they, they, the two, grandmother and her sister were being paid less than they needed to pay the staff by sort of within about four months. And then when grandmother left, obviously she needed to, she had to pay her exit taxes and things, needed to realise assets, but she could there was nothing in the cinema because she, her sister wasn't fit to travel. She'd been widowed and she needed to leave that for the sister. Um, the flat was rented, so there's nothing there. And, you know, every June, the owner was selling their possessions. Wow. Got some money, a, a, a former lover to send her money, which if you're an independent woman, that's hard. Yeah. Um, when, so you've got the war and there's no contact for grandmother and very quick, very rapidly, there's no, con as soon as the war broke out, there's no contact between grandmother and her sister at all. But then in 1946, my dad got back to Vienna. Um, the cinema's there. It's very dilapidated. It's been running throughout the war with no investment. It's names changed. So it's no longer called the Palace Kino. It's called the Palace Lichspili because Hitler didn't like Greek words and Kino is a Greek word. So all yeah. cinemas been renamed. Um, and of course, tragically, he discovered that none of the family that had been left in Vienna had survived. So now I have to acknowledge the enormous help I got um, from the Rupertsburgers, who are the conservators of the Josef Jewish database. And I wrote to Heinz and Helen and said, I thought an easy question. How can I find out what happened to the cinema after the war? Two weeks later, I got this totally courteous letter in English with a timeline of events. And Helen had photographed 120 documents and popped them in Dropbox for me. So they'd been to the archive and worked out what had happened to the cinema as far as we can. And basically, it, it, Vienna was sectored after the war, um, just like um, Berlin. So there's an American sector, a British sector and a Russian sector. But because they knew grandmother was in England, it came under the British Pro Board of Property Control. And the, the, the state
state, the city-state, to put in a manager to try and sort the mess out. And there's all sorts of correspondence because at one point the Americans um, are using the cinema for their troops for four shows a day. They're not paying. Wow. Um, There's one showing where people are actually being paid. So obviously the cinema is making a massive loss. And there's a lot of correspondence saying, well, the Americans should pay. And the Brits write to the Americans saying, you ought to pay it to your army. And then the Americans write back and say, no, 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 it's in the American sector, we don't have to. Uh, and eventually they give it all back to the, administra- the, the administrator to resolve. And I'm not sure it ever was resolved. And then my grandmother was stateless because... Obviously, she lost her Austrian nationality when she escaped. And it took a while before she could get British nationality. So that was 1947, 1948. My, my dad found someone to manage the cinema um, who he didn't think was very suitable, but but might leave something for his mother. And there's a lot of correspondence. Then there's a correspondence between my grandmother and Helen Bach. And it's almost as though grandmother is telling her how to run the cinema by post. She writes all these letters saying, you know, can I, can I spend this on that? And, Yes, can I have this allowance? But the relationship went sour at some point. And grandmother didn't get to Vienna till about 1948, 1949. And then there's just this horrible mess. And she spent years trying to fight to get her cinema back. Well, the cinema was back, but trying to fight for what she thought was fair. In the end, a nephew who'd escaped to Palestine put in a counterclaim and she never got what she thought was fair. So it was it was a sort of Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
triple whammy. You know, she'd been displaced. She'd had to make new life in a new country. And she really needed that money to pay for her old age. The book features first-hand accounts from some of the girls who were evacuated through the kinder transport. So what were some of the most striking or memorable stories that you encountered while researching and compiling these accounts? Well, some were of life in Austria uh, you, when when the Nazis had invaded. So Elfie, who very kindly saw us and told us a lot, um, she just described going to school one day and being told, no, you can't sit with these people. You're a Jew. You must sit at the back on your own and you can't talk to playground. I think the thing that was most striking was that the girls seemed to intuitively understand each other's needs and were really sensitive to one another, you know, because they... That letters from their parents. Alfie said that, you know, where it was really important to them to get photographs taken. You know, street photographers were very cheap, so they could send them to their parents to show they'd arrived safely. And at first, letters used to arrive from their parents. Of course, they kept them under their pillows because they were important. And then when war broke out, the matron said, oh, no, you, you can't keep anything in Germany, you know, must destroy it. But actually, the, girl, the girls didn't. It was too important to them. So that, the whole of that and, and that they you know they they got went on seeing each other there was a reunion in 89 in london um the extraordinary lengths that some of the schools went to to help the children the local papers in Tynemouth show that the headmaster i mean if you think about it he's suddenly faced with 25 or 30 girls who don't speak english who've come from a very different education system and he simply divides his children his class up and makes you know, one of the german-speaking children work with a group of English children and Elfie said that that she was really proud that she she wrote it you know the, the education the differences in system really showed that she was very good at maths and that she wrote an essay quite quickly in English and then the teacher goes but this is excellent it's you know she's not she's been here only a few months she's writing obviously it's not perfect but you can clearly see she's written an essay and it's better than many of the English ones yes um, so there was things like that. Um, they, they didn't do um, form, team sports, like ball games. That was completely new to the girls. They did swimming and skiing and hiking, but not, say, um, rounders and hockey or something. And those experiences that are described in the book really offer a window into that insidious rise of anti-Semitism and the trauma of leaving family behind and the challenge of adjusting to a new life. So how do you think those stories will resonate with readers today? You know, especially if there's a lot going on in the world that's it's not an easy time to be Jewish. Well, yeah, it's it's not an easy time to be a refugee, whether you're Jewish or not. But being displaced and going from, in my grandmother's case, a remarkably affluent, comfortable life with beautiful clothes and things to what she stood up in and five pounds. Um, that's happening all over the, all over the world, and it's horrible. Uh, one thing that came out of the book was when I traced one of the, my grandmother's nephews, about the one that came back from Palestine. He he'd taken an illegal boat from Vienna, well, probably somewhere down the coast from Vienna, um, to Palestine, and it, it's the opposite of the journeys that people are doing now, but with the same dangers. So we, where we've got illegal boats coming to Britain all the time, you know, it's very controversial. 
then you've got illegal boats going to Palestine. And actually, it was a British mandated country, and the Brits weren't letting them land either. So the boats would have to transship to little boats and do it secretly in the dark. So you've got the same dangers there. What message or takeaway do you hope readers will get from the book? Well, personally, to, to try and avoid um, totalitarianism and Nazism and you know, increased tolerance. Because I think the threats to freedom, we've got them from the left and the right at the moment. And they're equally terrifying. And how quickly um, democracy can be destroyed. Yeah. It, it's not surprising that this year's theme for Holocaust Memorial Day is the fragility of freedom. Because freedom can get destroyed if you if you if you lose your democracy. And we, we're seeing a lot of far-right um, politicians attacking democracy now. It can be destroyed if you lose your, the power of the judiciary, which we're seeing here in Britain. The government is completely eroding the freedom of the courts. Um, one other thing is that, that now we have then communications were, were I, I think I was slightly surprised how people telephoned but not very often because it was expensive but how frequently were exchanged I mean my, when my grandmother was in Vienna she and my dad was in London after the war she wrote daily as far as I can tell uh, now, now we've got email and photographs and WhatsApp so things are, are happening much faster but we've now got social media which amplifies things possibly in the wrong direction so that's another danger. And the book itself has a lot of visual elements in it, like some historic photographs. So do you think that that helps enrich the narrative and give you something to look at and makes it easier to understand? Yes, I think, you know, some people like words and some people like pictures and some people yeah. like that. But I think given that I've got this trove of very unique pictures, particularly the ones of my grandmother pre-war when she's all dressed up for balls, uh, they're unique and it's nice to be able to tell the story that way. Absolutely. Well, do you have any other projects or books or anything that you're working on after this one? No, because at the moment I'm quite busy. People are very nicely inviting me to give talks about the book, um, which I'm really enjoying. And um, of course, One Life, the um, film that's just come out with Nicholas Winston. Oh, yes. that, um, some of the girls were that are in the book were saved by Nicholas Winston. And, well, actually two of them. Most of the girls were from Austria or Germany, but two came from Czechoslovakia. And Dasha, I talk to quite often by email because she's in Australia. And she was in a particularly awful position when she arrived because she spoke neither English nor German. She was Czech. So she couldn't talk to the other girls. She had to learn two new languages at once. That's quite impressive. For all these talks that you're doing about the book, do you hope to spread a similar message that you're doing with the book itself? Yes, I think so. Uh, when people invite me, yes. Also, it's nice to sell the book. Absolutely. Well, where are we able to find the book? Because it is nice to sell it. It's on Amazon. Um, it's on independent online retailers. Your bookshop should be able to order it in for you overnight. Um, and this my website, which is vivianseba.eu. Um, so it, it should, it, it, sometimes it does seem to be people are finding it difficult to get, but it shouldn't. Are you on any social media or have a website where we can keep up to yes. date with you and everything you're doing? Yes, I mean, it's vivianseba.eu is the website. There's a Facebook Kino and Kinder group, which is growing. Ooh. It's actually got 
other children. Yes, one through. Actually, I've got an Instagram account which is Super Vivian, and uh, actually most uh, link. Uh, I've got LinkedIn, and most of the, I've got most of them. Um, but through that, a, a another daughter of a kinder contacted me, and so she's joined the, the Facebook group, which is basically it's just Kino and Kinder in Facebook. That's so, so that's exciting. Really, that's really nice that we're sort of meeting the children of the girls who, who are yeah. actually my, you know, they're not that we're not we're not children anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great to have you here on the show. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.